There we go. We're on. What's up? Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I am doing good. Thank you for asking. How is your shoulder? Terrible? My shoulder is sore. I flow rolled today. Ah, nice. Yeah. I did like five rounds, three minutes. Okay. Yeah, so that was good. That's good. Slow and steady. I just yeah. avoided it. Uh, the Avoided the shoulder. Worked like leg entanglements right. with my advanced guys because I knew they wouldn't hurt me. Yep. Yeah. Had fun. That's good. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that? No. I'll be back doing everything in no time. Yeah, I mean, like we like we spoke about before, it's not like your shoulder can get much worse. No, uh, it's a third-degree shoulder separation, so, so like it's the worst of the shoulder separations. What's, I don't know, is there a downside? I, I'm assuming, I'm not getting a surgery. I don't want the screw. I don't want to lose mobility. So right. I just, it's going to be this way forever, so. Yeah, basically, yeah. I'll be fine. Oh, yeah, I mean, you have the right attitude about it, that's for sure. Yes, what do you do, man? Well, it's not much you can do, but just keep moving on, really. That's um, it. You Did know. you watch the... Uh, Bellator? Yeah. Of course. How was it? It was great. Tell me about it. I enjoyed it. Um, other than Rory McDonald, my boy getting smashed. Mm. Um, he really didn't look good, man. No. Um, he said after the fight that uh, mentally he didn't show up, which was an issue. You yep. know, it showed... Well, when you're fighting, mentally is pretty much... 80%. Man. I'd say 80%. At least. Especially against a bigger guy. At least. A fellow like Gegard. Fucking stud, man. Well, and Gegard's like a 205 stud. Oh, sad. Rory could be a 170. Definitely. Like, I don't know. I thought it was an insane mismatch from the get-go. Yeah. I didn't know why they were doing it, just like I don't know why they have him involved in a tournament for his own belt. The whole thing is confusing yeah. to me. Bellator usually makes me happy in a lot of ways, but this is not one of those right. ways. Hey, man, how are you? Hello, Mr. Buck. What up? So, guys, for you guys who don't know, uh, Johnny Buck is... Uh, the John Buck. The John Buck is uh, is joining us right now. Johnny, what's up, man? Not much, man. Just uh, got done training earlier and kind of hanging out, watching YouTube. Running around with a bunch of wild animals in there. Nice. Proper thing, man. Proper thing. I'm guessing that by the end of this podcast, I'll be talking with the same accent as Mr. Buck. Yes. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, I'll listen to what you're saying, then I'll start putting some twang on my shit, and I'm, fuck, I'm getting ready. I'm going to move there. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, I, I just want to just want to verify, you can hear us okay? Yeah, yeah, everything's great. Excellent, excellent. So you, you said you're at your gym. Why don't you tell us about your gym? It's called uh, Row Combat Club? Yeah, yeah, I started this, like, through a long, ugly history of, like, failed business partners and, and lawsuits. Uh, I started doing my own. Uh, I started in uh, 2013. Um, it was basically, when I started this fight gym, um, if you had, if you didn't have aspirations of fighting and or competing, there's no point in being in there. Sure. And uh, a few years ago, I decided to kind of change that model a little bit because having like six broke-ass dudes in there beating the shit was not good for my life financially. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're, uh, we've done a bunch. Um, I moved into my buddy's uh, basement. His, he had a built more fitness, like a fitness center. I moved into his basement, and we outgrew that. I moved over here. Actually, October 1st last year. Nice. Our first day, so we're here one year. I went from 30 members to 142 in a year. So wow, shit, that's impressive, man. Yes, yeah, a little different than um, a fight gym for sure. But although we we got a bunch of good high level competitors, so well, that's usually what happens, though, right? Like people think that they should have this hard environment where you come in, and it's all tattooed fuckers beating the shit at each other. <laughs> but that like. You don't get new members like that. And then when the good guys do show up and you have a small gym of hardened fuckers beating each other, that's not really that appealing. Definitely not. No, not not when you're brand new, too. Like, like you, you, know, you can have a guy come in who's super high-level athlete physically, very gifted, mentally tough, but if he just gets the fucking piss beat out of him for the first, like, three months he's there, he's not going to stick around. No, months. definitely not. Like, I did, but I'm retarded. So. Yeah, you know what, though? It's it's the same with me, man. Like, I uh, I came up the hard way. Like, my first role, I remember it was in some dude's, like, apartment on carpet. 
and he fucking can opened me. I thought he broke my back. Yeah. <laughs> right? But that's like, and I was like, fuck, I'm addicted. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But not many people, not many people join like that. Like, that's typically yeah. not the way people want to stick with it. So I try to play it smart here, too. Like, we don't stick, you know, we don't have people sparring. We don't have people even doing hard contact for the first little <laughs> bit just until they get their toes wet, right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. We've got a, like, so for our Muay Thai, pro, I don't even advertise MMA anymore. Because it's like everybody who lives with their mom and smokes Marlboros and lives in a, their, their <laughs> mom's basement or, or trailer park wants me to sponsor them to train for free. Yep. Um, because they can't afford it and they're going to be the next big thing in UFC. I'm like, well, you can pay for it in cigarettes. If you quit. Also, you have to quit smoking to fucking train. Yep. You know? 100%. But, uh, our Muay Thai program's legit. We've got two coaches. Um, one guy actually signed up with me like three years ago. He came from a, like a, basically a problem guy school, is what I'll call it. And uh, he came in the first day and realized that he didn't know a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he came over. He trained with us for a couple of years. I had a couple coaches come and go, which is normal. And now he runs my Muay Thai program. He fought in Thailand. Uh, he was there for a month and fought. And then he's going back for a year this time. And I'm super fortunate. Another guy, Mike Callow, he uh, he he was like the strength and conditioning coach at um, Phuket Top Team. Wow, so he, that's he runs huge. The Muay Thai program here now that he's here. So like, but like I said you're not like every six weeks we test to make sure you know all the combos that we require. And then that you're competent at defense and holding pads, um, which I feel like if you can hold pads, you're fine to spar because you can see punches and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we're the same way. Like you don't get to bang in here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. My first gym, fuck it, dude. Today's, today's Wednesday, cool. Put your gloves on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think that whole hard sparring thing might be going by the wayside. I think fighters are learning. You know, um, I know you talk about traumatic brain injuries, as do yeah. I on this pretty consistently. So it's close to, to both of our hearts, I think. I think it should be a thing of the past. I think 60 80% is pretty useful because you get timing down. You get to see shit that you usually wouldn't when you're hitting pads. Um, yeah. what, what's your take on that? You, you think that's so, going to go by the wayside? I think, yeah, it, it definitely needs to. Like, like we, when I was coming up, we banged on uh, Wednesdays and Mondays, like full everything. Um, now, my coach was smart. He would condition the shit out of us first, so we were always tired. Right. So the power wasn't there. But every once in a while, you'd see somebody like kind of sandbag and load up. and then. But, yeah, like even the high-level guys, they're not sparring. Like almost at all. Like Cal, I think it was Cowboy Cerrone. He doesn't spar anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. 100%. And I think it's super valuable very early because, like, come in. Like, so say it's day one, you learn all your punches, you get good, you get proficient, and you look good on the pad, you look good on the bags, and then you spar. And then you, you know you spar 30 to 60 percent, and which it's going to instantly turn into 100 percent because you're brand new and you're terrified. Yeah. Um, but and then after like a few probably a week or two of that like they you need to if you have aspirations of fighting you need to bang like at least once um, yep. at least one good sparring day definitely because it's different when someone's trying to fucking kill you mm-hmm. that's right but yeah like once you realize after your second or third fight there's no need to bang hard anymore yep like, I, I, I agree like, you know you I think figured uh, it out you haven't what you were talking about with the pads, I, I think that's actually very underutilized in a lot of places. Just the understanding. And and this is what I explain to people. Like when I when I'm doing pads specifically, like I hold the pads at my side and then I lift them when I want the person to throw. Because what yes. I'm trying to tell them is like this is your opening. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. that to me that's the timing. Just holding pads up is blah right they get to choose when they're striking so it's basically not a timing thing but if me if i'm doing my footwork with my person that i'm I'm holding pads for and then i present the pads so as long as we understand jab cross jab cross 
kicks. Like, what, as long as we understand what we're saying with our body language, when I lift my hand up, that means throw that punch right, right. now. This is your second opening. Right. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. like, that's huge in itself. If you get good at that, that's upping your timing like fucking crazy. Definitely. And yeah, j- just, j- just to add to that, I, one thing I've been doing recently with our, our younger guys is um, different ranges. So I'll have, I'll have the belly pad on and the tie pads and everything. And when I'm on the outside, I want them throwing teeps. I want them throwing, lighten up the body, stuff that they can use at long range. And now when I come in and close the distance and crowd them, I want them using their elbows, uppercuts, knees, stuff like that. So rather than just holding pads like Ken spoke of before, I think the ranges are more important. And it's just an evolution of me teaching and, yep. and, and the gym itself. So it's cool. Yeah. I, 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 that just hit a trigger with me about two weeks ago, and it feels good. It's like new life. It's, it's, it's good to have that feeling, right? Yeah. Where people, so I've had two of my Muay Thai coaches both fought, uh, trained and fought in Thailand. In Thailand, like, if you don't speak Thai, you're going to have a hard time. Definitely, but yeah. Alex, the guy, he's actually my roommate, and we, Dude, we've had so many brainstorming sessions in the kitchen, like breaking hmm. shit. Um, it's uh, like they don't talk. Like they just throw a pad up. Yeah. You know what to throw up or you don't. Yep. Um, I, right, you know, when I fought, I fought Luigi Foravani down in Florida on the beach. Um, you know, he, he's a fucking monster. And mm-hmm. I was taking two weeks off. I was partying. I was acting a fool. And, you know, I, I had a fight right before that. And so all I did was mitt work. Like, just, that's all I did. Right. My wrestling's obviously good. Let's spend some downtime. Let's improve our hands. And we got into a foot, and I was too tired. Cut me 27 pounds in three days. I was too fucking tired to wrestle after the first round. (laughs) And so we just banged. And I was throwing the combos that we worked over and over and over. But, and that became muscle memory. And then after that, we refined my striking. And this is something I did with my coach all the time. Right before we walk up to a fight, he'd have mitts on. And he, we would just, we'd stand, you know, in the shitty little fights we were in, like your fucking locker room besides the closet. So footwork wasn't huge, but we'd move, head movement, and he would just throw a pad up. He'd throw it on his chest, he'd throw it up high, you know, and he didn't care if it was a cross or a jab as long as it landed. Like, obviously, yeah. there's a preference for certain things, but that was your opening. You had that moment to hit it. Yep, and definitely. from that point on, my striking became much more effective. You know, I liked moving forward or I actually move backwards so you would come forward so I have a longer range for my takedowns but I would slip inside and close that distance and, and what you know slip to the outside dig to the body okay all right now what okay that liver's open let's throw a liver shot oh nothing's open let's go to a double leg right and recognition is huge to me you know yeah. so it's yeah I think that's the biggest thing is getting guys to where they can see these targets faster and make that timing smoother. Right. So not not so much stationary, pat, 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 like throw it up, get your timing up for a jab or for a kick or whatever. Yeah. Just m- more fluent rather than um, rather than one, two, three, one, two, three, four. Makes yes. sense, man. It gets that timing on point. You get to see shit differently, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, one thing we do that, I don't know, I know, I know they do it in time a lot, but one thing we do is as a pad holder, you're throwing back at them like right you know even with tie pads i'll, I'll punch you with tie pad yeah keep your damn hands up uh and we kicks and checks and stuff you know we don't rip our kicks usually but uh yeah that's a big thing that people aren't doing um you know hindsight i wish i did all this when i was fighting instead of just wrestle fucking everybody but, <laughs> right um but yeah it's something that is making a huge difference for our guys um so yeah i, I think it's an absolute must definitely man definitely uh, j- just just speaking of your MMA career there, I, I was going through your record. Your record was 13 and 10. You had 10 finishes. That's impressive, man. Um, yeah, I like killing people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and it showed. I mean, 10 finishes, that proves I fucking love that. Um, you know, you, you fought in Bellator. You did this. Do you, you ever think about your time training or do you ever miss it? Do you ever think about going back? or? Uh, like. When I get drunk sometimes, yeah. <laughs> if, if I could, if I, like I joke with my guys about it. Cause they're like, man, dude, I'll come in here every once in a while. Like, once every three or four months, I'll put gloves on and just fuck up the new guy. Sure. With, with like just being crafty. <laughs> yeah. If you're any good, I'm not fucking smart. Just an old grizzled vet, yeah? Yeah. But uh, 
like if I could convince somebody to not get in shape and not cut weight and do like one minute rounds and like two minutes rest, I'd probably do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that like, that, that, that seems, seems easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. So so when uh when you first got some gear from me and I went to the post office, I don't know if I told you, but without me prompting the person behind the counter, she was like, "John Buck. Jesus, that's the manliest name I've ever heard." Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you sh- sh- should have showed her like a picture of him. Yeah, like, look, look at this look guy. This fucking guy's legs. His fucking wearing, beard yeah. grows a beard. I'm actually wearing your shorts right now, the camo. Oh, um, I do. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, they're sick, man. They're sick. Yeah, I live in them. Just I before know. we turned the fucking podcast on, one of my students was walking out, and he was like, I'm not trying to suck your balls, man, but that rash guard, this recent rash guard, it's the fucking best rash guard I've ever worn. My favorite, too. That was cool, man. It's my favorite. I, I, I went through some different material. Yeah. Yeah, the one you have, I think that's the most recent material. That's that lightweight stuff. Yeah, that's fucking nice, Dude, I man. Love it. That's fucking great, man. Cause I hate rash guards, eh? Yeah. Like until, cause well, cause they were always so fucking thick, and yeah. they were always they so tight on my fucking neck. It's like they get itchy or something. And that's the big thing. Dude, and those little material picks, like when you can see the little yeah. broken material, that shit fucks my OCD. Yeah. No, so I now these lightweight that. ones we have, they're fucking tits, man. They're great. No, they're awesome. Man. I got a. I'm not gonna say who it is, but I got a, a pair of shorts from another company um super good com- I, I have no problems with them but one of their is a design flaw honestly it's uh it's a lot heavier than these shorts that i've got from you but they're like almost like a like a like a like a football type pant they're very thick but you know stretchy too a little bit yeah velcro it's a different kind of velcro than you have it picked the entire crotch off of my oh, yeah. oh i fucking hate that yeah that's us I don't need this shit. Well, the little uh, the little thing. This sounds stupid, but on the shorts, my favorite feature is that little flat that goes down over the Velcro. Yeah. You know how many fucking pairs of shorts I've thrown out because the Velcro right. was annoying my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't it have a fucking, be... I don't have a stomach that hangs over. No. But it doesn't matter. The <laughs> Velcro on the edge. Touches your stomach, and then I'm like, fuck these things. I'll just burn the bastards. And it could be, like, the tiniest amount of Velcro. And yeah. Like, oh, the sucks. Yeah. Like, like, I hate my little, life. One little nipple sticks out and fucking fillet. Yep. <laughs> fucking destroys the whole thing. So I've had some shorts that I've really liked. Everything else. But if the Velcro touches my fucking stomach, they're going in the garbage. Yeah. 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 For these sure. Are, this is definitely my favorite shorts. Dude, the ones we just got for you for the gym... They're fucking perfect. Man, I was wearing them the other day, rolling, and the guys were like, I don't know if I should try to fight you or fucking hit on you. Yeah. Either, either option. <laughs> we can fucking fight. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I've done that one night. Yeah. This chick, I couldn't fucking stand this chick. Right. I don't, she fucking hated me. She was like, uh, she was like a, your, your stereotypical, like, cartoon New York Jew chick. And <laughs> I'm me. And she's <laughs> me. Yeah, she's all hoity-toity about whatever the fuck the issue was that night. And then she gets all crazy and talking about, well, I'll fuck you up, yada, yada. And I don't remember doing this, but my, one of my best friends, she came around the corner. She goes, I saw you fucking double leg her in the street. I was like, no, I didn't. She goes, yeah, you fucking dropped on her head. No, that didn't happen. We fucked that night. So <laughs> She liked it, man. It worked. Fucking kudos to you. Oh, uh, it's wicked. God, damn. That's fucked. That's wicked. Her. So. I still hate her. So, <laughs> even after that. <laughs> fuck that shit. So, listen. I walk into your school. I'm a very fucking brand new student. I have no idea what I want. What martial art would you suggest I start with? Like, how, how do they do it at your school? So, it, it kind of depends. Like, we've got a really good good growth on our jiu-jitsu program right now. Like, if I walked out, I was on the mat. I think there are five women in there right now. Um, a couple older dudes. I think like 18 or 19 on the mat. The dude's super cool. Charles Harry's here. One of Brian's buddies. He's been here all week, so he's running class right now. Nice. They don't realize what how slick um, the situation is for them. But uh, he did a seminar too last weekend, which is amazing. But um, like it kind of depends. Like if they're if they're more comfortable with life in general, like they're not super insecure about themselves. We'll, we'll try and throw them in jujitsu. Um, but if they're more like, hey, I just kind of want to get in shape, and you know, it's 
like everybody and their brother can throw a punch. Like you spent your entire life walking for the most part. Yeah. Um, anybody can throw a haymaker. It's easier to learn punches than it is jujitsu because like your day one, you're gonna suck at jujitsu for a long time. Oh you yeah. Be, you have to be okay with that. Like I've been on the mats more of my lifetime than off the mats, and I still suck. So, um, it's uh. But yeah, we've got a really good jiu-jitsu program. We run a lot of the 10 planet warm-ups for our beginner class. Awesome. Um, which makes it really easy. And it's real repetitive for these guys. So they get lots of reps in, lots of drills. And um, like we, you know, we talk about you know, drillers make killers, whether it's Muay Thai or jiu-jitsu. We drill the shit out of everything. And you can see the difference when our guys are compete. And just like day one to day 60, how much better. But yeah, I, I push them whichever way they, they feel more comfortable. Nice. So you just take it as it goes. Yeah. The thing about jiu-jitsu is most people come in like, hey, I want to try jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It's pretty different. Um, Like, it's funny as shit. We had uh, one of the chicks that worked for me. She she worked at a coffee shop, too. And she met this dude there. They worked together at events or whatever. He came in. And uh, she thought it was cute and whatnot. So he came because he fucking was trying to get her pants, I guess. And uh, he comes to jiu-jitsu for his first class because she's doing jiu-jitsu. Nice. He, he doesn't make it through the fucking warm-up. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is not for me. I got to go. Then he, <laughs> so he, comes, so he comes back a couple days from Moist High and he ends up not sticking around. But, bro, <laughs> you can't make it through, like, shrimping and shit then. Come on, you got to step your game up somewhere else. Dude, I, I like where this story... We ruined a fucking relationship with yes. because of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and, and here's here's like... <laughs> dude, I, I fucking tried to steer it this way. I, want, I didn't want them to break up. I didn't want to ruin anything. But I, I did want to see the look on everybody's face. We have this... Uh, I think she's 12 now. Meg. She's been with us since she was 7. She's a killer, so, too. Yeah, man. she's a fucking killer, right? Yeah. So when she I was, there, her in the <laughs> <laughs> when she turned 10, she started doing the adult classes, right? And, uh, one of our girls, she's uh, like a fucking close to a blue belt girl. She's a judo girl. She's real good. Her boyfriend came and tried class. So I paired Meg up with the boyfriend and Meg fucking 10 years old. She beat this fucking 18 year old boy so bad. She tapped him out like fucking 10 times that him and the girlfriend just didn't fucking work out. It's just like too bad. I I truly think it was because of that fucking three minute period. I think that was the turning point in the relationship. Like I can't be with you, baby. I'm a pussy. I'm sorry. Like, you know, she went home and just fucking dogged him. Like, he's still making her sandwich even though he broke up. Dude, I'm telling you, <laughs> he's mailing them to her. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's tricky, man. It's it's not for everyone to jump on the mats and start rolling hand-to-hand with people, right? Um, like you said. And it's very humbling. Yeah, man. Is, Some man. people mentally can't take it. Like, we had one guy show up. And he was my size, so I'm like I'm like 185, between 185, 190, right? So this guy came in and he was 190, but this mm-hmm. dude was like ripped abs 190. Yeah. So he's jacked in comparison to me, and uh, we start rolling, and I fucking lift him up with some butterfly hooks, and I I flick him with one foot, and I get on his back, and. He stops after like a minute in and he's like, man, you're fucking so strong and I'm not breathing hard. Yeah. I'm like fucking, yeah. I'm just molesting he's this kid, right? fun with the kid, yeah. And he fucking, he never came back, man. That was just too hard on him mentally. Every time somebody tells me I'm strong, I want to fight them. Yeah, like that's a fucking <laughs> insult, man. Especially if it's someone who's done jujitsu for a while. Definitely. If they finish the role and they say, how much do you weigh? How long have you been training? Or fuck, you're strong. We're we're doing another fucking round. That's right. <laughs> Dude, pretty sure this guy canceled the membership, so I can say this now. If he didn't, I'm <laughs> um, So we had this dude come in, and long story short, like if I say time, that means stop, right? Any yeah. Sport you play, that means stop. Definitely. And I said time like ten fucking times, and he finally stopped. We're doing like EBI overtime or round or some shit. And he just fucking does it. Then he has like a smart ass comment to me. And it's, it's our morning, uh, we have 8 30 morning jujitsu. So I'm in there, we're doing our thing. All right, all right, we're done drill. I right, just roll. So slap hands and fucking go. And we're like 30 minutes into a roll. And I'm just, fu- I, I tapped him out like five or seven times in the first two minutes just because. 
And then the next, like, 25 minutes, I didn't really do anything. Like, I would put them in positions that we drilled that morning and then just continue. <laughs> I look up about probably 15, 20 minutes into it. Four of my guys are on the wall sitting there watching. Like, <laughs> yeah. somebody's getting taught a lesson. I wonder if they can figure it out. <laughs> fucking mauled him. I mauled him right the next three times he came into the gym. So... He's not the back. But. <laughs> and I mean, I, I feel like guys like that, like that's just respectful. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm cutting you off. I have to tell a John story. So John, the guy I'm sitting with right now, he's, he's fucking an animal, right? And people don't realize because when we're talking on the podcast, I seem like the fucking idiot and John's like completely normal, right? So we had this guy show up and he trained with us for a full summer. Do you remember his name? Long blonde hair guy? Jeremy, that Jeremy. fucker. Fuck yeah. that guy. Listen, Jeremy is I a nut. I Jeremiah. Oh, it's perfect. Fuck those guys. Did so- he have long blonde hair? Because fuck those <laughs> guys, man. This dude. Cut your hair, bitch. This dude was fucking, like, I liked him. I liked him. But they, they just had this thing, right? So both of them are trying to win. So Jeremy gets this fucking headlock. And it's not a real fucking move. We all know it's not a fucking real move, right? So he grabs this fucking thing and he just starts squeezing. And I can see John just getting fucking angry, right? So John gets his head out of the fucking headlock, sticks him with a guillotine, stands up. Okay, so picture this. John lifts him by the head, right? So Jeremy's fucking feet are off the ground dangling, right? dangling and he's holding him there and jeremy starts tapping on john's hips and john just keeps fucking holding him by the head up in the air so he's like double hand slapping him and then instead of letting him go like so his feet touch the ground he fucking lifts and like pops his arms open so jeremy goes like three feet and then belly flops on the fucking mat and then john mark hunted him he just fucking turned around walked away like a knockout it was fucking dude this this fucking guy he, he, I mean, he was he was athletic. I'll give him that, okay. But he didn't have a fucking clue what he was doing, and he would get in these positions, and he would try and. I think he would try and fucking hurt you. You know, he had like my jaw all wrenched up, and like had an old bulldog. Who had that bulldog? Yeah. Carlos Newton. It was a fucking Carlos, Carlos Newton, Newton bulldog. Only joke. it was right across my jaw, cranking my neck up. And we're just rolling, right? Like this isn't competition. You're not gonna break my fucking neck or nothing. So, yeah, I might have reacted. A little more Might have Aggressively than I should have But still Fuck that guy That pissed me off <laughs> I haven't seen that guy yet I hope he cut his fucking hair man I hate that dude That was wicked Fuck Fuck's sakes <laughs> I got fired up Fuck him Who cares For the yeah. first like year of John's career He was the guy that would finish a roll And throw his mouth guard <laughs> I was that guy man I was always super athletic Super competitive And the fact I couldn't get Really good at jujitsu fast Made me mad <laughs> But I some, somehow Stuck with it But still um, Fuck Yeah fuck that guy I'm sweating and everything man Fuck <laughs> You probably forgot I thought you killed him well, he, he was just laying on the mat He just wasn't moving It he, was amazing He could have died after that Who knows Dude, I love, like, Those are the best gym stories there's always that one guy. Yep. Talking about holding mitts and shit. We had this, this is before I moved to my new location. We had this guy come. He's a fucking boxer from New York or some shit, supposedly. Yeah. Um, he did have all the fancy gear and, and shit, but it didn't stink, so I didn't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> Need that stench, bro. Yep. Yeah. It was like the first time I've been sick in a hundred years, and I called the boxing coach at the time. I was like, Amanda, I'm not going to fucking make it. I'm dying. She goes, cool, I'm here now, no big deal, yada, yada, yada. This fucking new guy comes in, and in our gym, we talked about earlier, everybody holds pads. Like, you recognize punches, you work on timing, yada, yada, yada. And she's there. She and dude, At one point, she was 198 pounds and, like, 6 7% body fat. She was fucking jacked, dude, the bodybuilder. But she got into kickboxing when she was younger, so she's a fucking animal. Well, we're sitting there, and he's like, I don't hold pads. He goes, you're the coach. You hold them for me. And Sounds like, like a nice guy. Huh. Lucky I wasn't there, you fuck. Yeah, but I hate his guts. Who ended up being a coach for me. He fought in Colorado. He fought in Texas and trained and shit. And uh, he always, I was like, how long have you been doing jiu uh, A little while. Motherfucking sandbag piece of shit. He's all good jiu but his Muay Thai was unreal. So he's sitting there. They walk in the ring. These are 24-ounce uh, or 20-ounce gloves. I can't hurt you. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, my right. Jesse, yeah, my boy's Jesse. All right, that's fine. He goes, remember, we're only going 30%. And Jesse, yeah, I'll hit you as hard as you hit me. No big deal. 
Well, we're sitting there, and I mean, I'm, they're all telling me this shit. And they're going light, they're going light, and this dude gasses like 45 seconds. <laughs> so Jesse tags him with a body shot, and dude kind of stops. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, time out, time out. <laughs> Fucking time out, Jesus Christ. Lucky I wasn't there. But, uh, <laughs> then he like... He goes, all right, you good? He goes, yeah. He jumps off and fucking haymakers, Jesse. Fuck. And Jesse goes, I'm not going to lie, dude. Fucking stunned. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Jesse spins him into the fucking cage and just rips him with a body <laughs> shot. He falls down. He's oh, my knee, my knee. He goes, get up. Your knee's fucking fine. <laughs> so he gets up. He swings again, like, from, like, his hands on his knee, trying that shit. Jesse puts him on the fucking the cage and like, he's hand him up against the cage he can't fall down now Jesse's beating him to death <laughs> he, goes, now, he goes now you're done and Jesse walks out <laughs> he kind of looks like Mark Hunt when he shaved his head he looked just like Mark Hunt that's yeah. awesome we I uh the gym, like for three days in a row like drinking bottles of Dayquil Came back in. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, he tore his ACL. <laughs> oh, oh shit! So his knee was actually hurt. Uh, <laughs> fuck him anyway. We uh, <laughs> we we started out in my garage, and I I'm not sure you were there. You might have been there. Cause John John started with me in the garage. Like he's old school, right? And uh, we had a, a striking program going on out there, and we were doing um, what is it we were doing? We were doing fucking some drill. Where we were just throwing punches and dodging them. I don't even remember what the drill was. Yeah. But I was paired up with this guy, and he was one of those guys. He messaged me, and he told me, like, I trained Muay Thai before. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So come to class. And he's like, okay, man, I've trained Muay Thai. So I'm, you know. So he comes into class, and we're doing this fucking drill. And he starts kicking me in the legs while we're doing the drill. And I'm like, bro. Stop kicking me. <laughs> and fucking, he just did it again. For whatever reason, I just lost my cool. And, like, I I consider myself pretty grown up at this point in my life. Like, I was fucking... I had a kid. I had a business. I was, I was smart. And I just fucking hauled off and knocked him out. I just couldn't help it. <laughs> I just fucking couldn't help it. He, it. he kicked me in the leg. I was like, man, we're not doing that. That's not part of the drill. And then he just fucking did it again. Just, like, I think to prove to me that he trained Muay Thai before. So he fucking dead-legged me the second time, so I just fucking right-hooked him, and he just dropped. You fucking Instead that. of waking him up, we just propped him up against the door and left him and kept doing the drills. Yeah. yeah pretty sure that guy never came back. No, he never came Serves back. Serves him right, man. See you Fuck later. Fuck that guy. The fuck out of you my house. You know what, though? That was, I think that was the last time I've purposely knocked somebody unconscious yeah. in, my, in my adult life. That guy earned it, though. Yeah, oh, fuck, like, he I, earned it. Like, I don't give a fuck if you train more, Ty. That's not what we're doing. Like, we're doing yeah. this little drill, so back the fuck up. Yeah, man. Dude, we get those guys. Like, luckily, I got Brian who works for me. He's one of my jiu-jitsu coaches. And like, one of my main training partners for Abu Dhabi right now. And, like, he deals with all that shit. Every once in a while, I'm like, Johnny, check the Facebook messages. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> are we looking at? Like... This dude wants to teach pressure point seminars and shit. <laughs> yes. Listen. My favorite. If you, can, if you can do that in my fucking women's class, then that'll be okay. Yeah, yeah that's the only place. Tapped, but you're going to get tapped out in there, too. So. Yeah. Let's just not. Definitely. Man, pressure points and shit like that. It's funny because I, I, and I don't know if you listened to the show before, but I work in law enforcement. It's fucking hilarious that they still teach that shit. Dude. It's fucking Asheville, hilarious. I live in Asheville, and... Um, we're Beer City, USA. Which right. Which is fucking drunk city. Yeah. Um, so, I found this out you know, afterwards. We had, we had one cop train with us until he got fucking, a big juiced up cop. He yeah. got murked by a 65 year old fucking doctor. <laughs> to, but, but he wasn't a douchebag about it. Like, he was like, man, I, this is why I need to do it. Then he fucked his shoulder up at work. Ah, oh, it sucks. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, I'm like, damn it. So, he came in, he had a couple personal, he's, couldn't do it because like, you're fucking oh you can't you know your fucking shoulders right i still you know, flow rolled tonight man i'm a real fucking man well, yeah. <laughs> you know <how> to roll. <laughs> yeah. no just, i know it, yeah like it, it's fucked up because it's my right shoulder too so it's everything man yeah. i do everything yeah. with this fucking hand when i tore my left uh pec bicep tie in i said like, i'm gonna take two weeks off and do anything dude that, i tore it on saturday i was on a mats on monday yeah man right? Like grabbing my rash guard with that fucking hand. Yep. And, dude, I got good at inverting. That's about it. Yeah. 
I can't roll on it. Like I, uh, I was just when I was doing the flow rolls. Anytime I'd go to that side, I had to just kind of butt scoot away. I can't put any pressure on it right now. But um, I actually, I took a video of one of the flow rolls. I'll upload it, uh, upload it later. It, I, I'm actually doing pretty good for someone who just fucking like third degree separation. Whatever. That's fuck. what my uh, one of the guys who trains with me has. I'm like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with your shoulder? Your third degree separation. On the, uh, on the front, lateral, and rear. Yeah, so he has he has a horn too. Yeah. I got this fucking horn, man, and you can take your finger and put it on the horn, and you can push that little bitch back into place. Like a fucking button. It's yeah. fucking disgusting. My whole collarbone moves now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he said every, the collarbone attached at one point for him now. Yeah. But he, he said his doctor's like, well, we can do surgery. That's cool. He says, what's the odds of it? Again. Yeah, I'm not doing the surgery, man. Tell him everybody I've heard so far. And, like, I don't know if his is exactly the same as mine. Mine is completely detached. And I think yeah, the, the inner part yeah. the inner part is also either strained or detached. The doctor's finger was covering it, actually, on my on my chart. So right. now I'd have to call and find out. But they, I got my appointment to get it checked on the 22nd. But I'm really only going to the appointment to find out what I should do because I'm refusing the surgery. Yeah. Because they told me, like, the surgery, they put a screw in, but with a screw through your AC joint, you lose mobility first off because the AC joint is supposed to be flexible because it's only ligaments, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if I get that screw in, it'll be stuck in one place, so I'll instantly lose mobility and then just risk of infection and shit because, like, there's no fucking way I'm taking time off, like... I, I wasn't kidding when I said it. I was already out there flow rolling today. I'll be like, you know, I'm just, I'm back on the mats now. As far as I'm concerned, I'll just flow roll until I'm able to put weight on it. Yeah. So, like, I'm back, right? He rolls with us a lot. Like, yeah. He, he, so, he played basic professional rugby. He's from from Wales or Scotland. Oh, wow. Oh, so he's a fucking athlete. I played rugby. I was yeah. a shitty rugby player. I was a hooker. Yeah, yeah. I I forget what he played, but yeah, he played. I, they they flew him here to play in Boston. I then he was really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rugby players are fucking the real deal, man. He's a psychopath. Yeah. He trained with me every day. Like me and him got the Donner DVD and just started leg locking the fuck out of each other. Motherfucker, I still haven't watched that whole thing, eh? It's like I know long, that's that's it? blasphemy for me to say. I haven't I made it through it. I haven't made it through it yet. I haven't made it through the Craig Jones one yet. Like. Dude, I know, man. I know. I have to. Charles broke down the entry that Craig Jones was doing at EBI with him and Gordon Ryan, and I'm like, holy fuck! It's just beautiful, man. Man, he's fucking well, so good, bro. And it's nothing like you think. Well, I'm sure you guys can break it down, but you know, I, I didn't watch it in detail. But I hit it today. I'm like, on the one of the, like a high level dude we trained together. He was here for it too. My buddy Bob Poppy. And he goes, God damn, that was fucking exactly what it was. You know, you know, I don't play, I don't play a lot of leg locks. I just don't because I, I was really good at them. And then the game sped up thousandfold. I was only good at them because nobody else was doing them. And they were terrified of me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst heel hook ever. Why yeah. do that? Whatever. Yeah. But uh, then I kind of got away from it. And between the time I was competing and wrestling, then MMA, they got back into Jiu-jitsu, I was like, fuck. See, but that's the thing, man. Like, that's there's such a fucking wave of it. I, I personally, and I, I admit this openly, I don't think I'm as good of a leg locker as a lot of people have this image of me, right? Yeah. And I don't even think I'm the best leg locker in my club. Now, this is up for debate, because if you watch me and Keenan roll, like, we get each other just as much, but I personally think Keenan has a better understanding of leg locks than I do, right? And then you get someone like Sean Applegate. Applegate came to our club back when I was just learning leg locks. Like, I I was getting shared by, like, Leg Locker on Instagram, and I messaged him, and I was like, Hector, man, who's the best leg locker that I can get to my club for a seminar? And he told me to get Applegate up. When Applegate came, he threw a fucking gi on, and he knee-barred me, like, 20 times. Yeah. You know, like, just getting under my hips. So, like, as far as me... You know, I thought I was okay at leg locks, and then he showed up, and I realized I was like a one-stripe white belt. And yeah. now, in my leg lock game, like, I've progressed a fuck ton, but I yeah. still feel like I'm like a blue belt at leg locking. 
And then you got these levels, man. You got the Marvin Costells. You got the fucking Sean Applegates. You got the Gordon Ryans, the Gary Tonins. And then, like, at the top, you probably got, like, Calistine and Eddie Cummings and shit. Man, but, that, like, and yeah. now you got, like, like John Blank man, coming up. Yeah, man. Craig He's Jones, John Blank. Like, and I feel like I'm fucking way down on the totem pole. But I think I'm just getting recognition because I'm the one breaking them down and showing people how to do them, right? right? Sure. Well, that, and that, that's what Charles said today, too. We were joking about socket, how we're saying. Uh, I said I hated somebody. who's was and I don't hate Ken. Well, a little bit, but not a lot. <laughs> but, uh, I was like, yeah, it was all breakdowns. I was like, yeah, I'm like, dude breaks down, like, a fucking, a leg lock happens in UFC on fight number three. By the second round of fight number four, he's got it out. Like, <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. Well, I, I got fucking a few guys on my team. If the match happens on the Saturday night, two of my guys, they're older, they got kids, they'll meet me at the club at 5 a.m. in the morning so we can do the breakdowns. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's great, man. That's, uh, what was I, did you see that last uh, leg lock I hit in that super fight? Yeah, didn't I share that? You had all my gear on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like you pulled the dude's knee off. <laughs> well, like, so they told me, he, he's a lot smaller than me. It's weird. It's like he trains at ATT here, and, like, me and Michael A split up, so I was looking for a washer and dryer for my new place and found it online, went and picked it up, and, you know, I knew he wrestled. You could look at his fucking ears and how he kind of walked around like, like a fucking caveman. And he goes, yeah, you know, so you're telling me? Yeah, so we still have a super fight. I was like, yeah, that's cool. We'll do it. No big deal. And uh, so... I'm, some of the guys I know know him. Yeah, man, he's got a pretty slick leg lock game, yada, yada, yada. So I took him down, I opened his guards, I'm like, that's cool, whatever. And then, like, he puts that Z shield up, and I'm like, I'm going to pass. Now, nah, fuck it, try a leg lock. And I jumped into a straight ankle, and uh, I went, went straight to straight Ashi, and then I went DOA, and I just sat straight back with a straight ankle, and I felt it pop. I'm like, okay, fuck it. Yeah. I belly down. And, like, the next step was to belly all the way down and just break his shin in half. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Well, I got to tell you, like, when you entered in for it, like, um, a lot of people don't realize. They they do – they spend a lot of time on the leg locking game for the finish and all this other shit. But your entry was so fast that you could have had – like a shittier finish thing you did and your finish was awesome so i'm not taking i'm just saying your your entry was fucking fast like i wasn't expecting those big ass legs to move that fast pretty fast once you got there and you were clamped on he was fucked yeah you you could have waited how did i hit that okay like i went i went straight to regular ashi and then he peeled my foot or something so I went DOA. I actually crossed my feet backwards what I normally do, but I was like knee line was tight, everything was tight. I'm like, you're not gonna beat me on this race. No. And uh, that's what like, so that's what made my leg game solid in the very beginning. Like when I first got into it was everybody that expression falling back for a leg lock. Yeah. You don't fall back for a leg lock. No, you enter towards them. You attack that fucking thing. Yeah, man. And the first dude I roll with, I got healed a thousand times my first night ever training. Which I don't know why I stayed, but I did. And uh, like they would jump into you, like try and kill you. Yeah. Like, I got rolled upside down and backwards one time on the entry. I was so confused how I got there. But <laughs> you know, falling back for a leg lock, like you don't fall back <clears throat> for an arm bar, do you? Mm. Why would you fucking fall back for a leg lock? Yeah. So and, well, it's just misconceptions, right? And that that goes along with why we are where we are like that's why i can actually be known as a leg lock authority because there's still so many people that don't fucking understand leg locks and that shit's still evolving like every fucking week for example like the last two black belts that visited my club i've caught both of them with heel hooks just because i know more you know like when it comes to the leg lock game even if they engage with me trying to attack it I'm I'm at level two now. Mm-hmm. Like when I was rolling yeah. with Applegate, I only had a level one, so he was just always boom, one step ahead of me, killing me. Because Applegate's fucking awesome. Yeah, like like once he left, once he came and did the seminar, seminar yeah, he, left, he everything truly blew our game up, right? Went, but well, now, like if I'm rolling with a black belt, they even come near the leg game. I feel like I'm on level two, yeah. right? For yeah, sure. it's like the thing about fucking. Um, like Apple, I could roll him down at BMAX. It, dude, that, you want know, a crazy fucking night? It was Boogie, Scaff, BMAC, Applegate, Daniel O'Brien on the mat. Wow. Some talent, yeah. bro. 
Yeah, so, and we did like a private session on Sunday after that. I, I didn't roll with Boogie on Saturday. Everybody didn't roll. They had a seminar. Everybody, everybody didn't brother want to roll with them. Dude, he did, he did a dart seminar. And I thought it was cute. Tried to dart some from butterflies. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't work. But he laughed at me, so I was nice. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, I rolled Applegate, and, like, based on my lower body was jello. I would keep it on the fucking mat where you couldn't touch it. Yeah. I'm like, no, we're not playing this game. So just like <laughs> like hips out, lots of pressure, up to, like yeah. lots of top pressure. Yeah, and I didn't try and squish him because I'm a little bit bigger than he is a lot. But I was like, you're not getting underneath me, so we're going to play that game. <laughs> like, oh, you want my back? That's fine. You can't like that. He probably could. <laughs> yeah. So like, how much of your catch wrestling background – influences your leg lock or like this new like uh evolving game of leg locks and nogi and stuff like that you think it's it's a perfect combination yeah like the thing about it is like when we first started my coach uh johnny husky like, he's a legit catch dude his his coach billy wicks or pops was like he they weren't super into the leg locks and right things we don't realize about catch wrestling is and this will piss off everybody in the catch community is those guys like pops or, or the carney guy he literally traveled around with carnivals and like you pay a quarter and if you made it five minutes, you got five dollars. <laughs> so, like they were smoking fucking dudes who knew nothing, you know. And they, they were you know pro style matches too. But Pops wasn't a huge leg locker because of the, the control. And right. Johnny, my coach, he was a, he can't he got into judo and then he got into sambo, and so that's where his leg lock game came from, and. He just understands the human body fucking better than anybody else ever. So he like he has a, a stack of fucking index cards in his house with like stick figures on them, and I want that stack of fucking thing. But uh, he came in one day and made some shit up. Let me see if it works. Well, no. Holy shit! I thought I died. I thought I got electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. His leg game was insane. Like he liked uh, a topside Ashi and DOA because you really had a hard time getting to his feet that way. Right. And his whole thing was, and he was super advanced for the time, pinning the hips. Like, they can't do anything if you stable their hips to the mat. Right. Yep. So, um, the, I, what's different about my leg game than everybody else, or a lot of other people, is everybody wants to enter from bottom. And so you watch two guys try and get underneath each other, basically, like two leg lockers. Um <clears throat> Like when uh, Craig Jones and Tex Johnson, Aaron Johnson at EBI. Yeah. Uh, Tex, he'll hit me in 13 seconds in the MMA fight. So Shit. he's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I watched those two. I'm like, dude, this will be an awesome match. Yep. And they both sat down. They tried to get underneath. And, and Craig won fucking quick because it's Craig Jones. But, like, so my entry is playing on, like, hey, you have to stop me from passing your guard. Like, you have to. Because if I pass your guard, you're going to get fucking squished and die. Right, so, for sure. Out of desperation, you'll put that leg up, or you'll create space, or you'll create a wedge, and then I'll start attacking from there. Um, nice. But, like, my primary still is side control, and I'm starting to add a mount game for... Uh, I've been hitting a lot lately, like that Josh Barnett um, chest compression. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. That shit's tough, man. Yeah, I've been hitting that and like the arm triangle series from there, and it's just it, it, I'm hitting really consistently, and uh, it, it's definitely definitely more my thing. But yeah, like the leg lock game, I'm really I play with it. I play with that and guard more than anything in the gym right now. See, I only started with the leg lock game as a brown belt. Like before brown belt, I would play with figure four toe holds, mm-hmm. basic heel hooks, but. Nothing crazy. So I only started doing the leg lock shit as a brown. So in the last three years, and now I'm just straight addicted to it. But like yeah. what you were saying about your side mount and your dabbling with mount, I'm the opposite. My mount game is my my main thing. And I just started playing with side mount recently. Yeah. My mount control is stupid. Like I can hold somebody up for the rest of our life. Yeah, I'm the um, same way. But like... I don't do like I you'll, you'll almost never see me go for an armbar from there. I don't I don't armbar from mount. I, I don't do armbars from mount ever. I, no. When I get in a mount, the only thing I have I have a list of things I'm going for. I I thing walk. I get your arm up, and yeah. I, it's funny because I don't do armbars and I don't do arm triangles from mount. I'll thing walk. I'll get your arm up, and then I'll yeah. go for a straight armbar, and then I'll go for an americana, and then I'll go yeah. for the triangle choke. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's that's my game from Mount. And then now, like, uh, now I have some more, like, asshole shit. Like, now I smother people. Yeah, I, I love that. I just successfully smothered my first black belt last month. <laughs> you know, I, I, and it really, it's it's not that mother's milk thing. I can't even call it that because that fucking, that makes me kind of sick. Queasy. I, I put them, like, under my shoulder portion. You know, so I guess now that yeah. I have this fucking horn on my collarbone, I'll be sticking that horn right in people's eyeballs. That's all. Because I, I get their fucking head right into where my shoulder meets my bicep, and then I fucking just smother them. And they feel like they, they can't breathe, and I get the double hand panic taps. I love it. <laughs> That's the best. I Man. made Brian tap out to, uh, I, I forget, I was like, I was shooting for a dart. That's what Charles taught was darts and neckties. I was shooting through my darts, and my te- we were like fucking... 25 minutes in we're you know probably three or four rounds deep or four or five rounds deep and then he says when you spun your shirt literally ring into my mouth nice <laughs> I won. Like I, I won. yeah fuck it that yeah. that's a tap yeah victory Forever. was yours yep yeah. for sure um john i also want to talk about your website man i was checking it out earlier uh www.catchwrestling.ninja it's fucking badass yeah. man um how, how did that come about like what what made you think that that would be a great idea to put it on there and to have a five dollar a month subscription. Yeah, so I I started like I I met um, BMAC through Leglock Academy with him, Alan Belcher, and Nate Orchard. Okay, nice. It, uh, so that was a flat rate one time thing um, product. It was, it was awesome. And then Brandon started running his website, and I just I, I left the catch wrestling community for the most part because. Everybody on the like, catch wrestling group on Facebook, they're a bunch of fucking neckbeard mall trolls. Like, they'll sit there and oh, but what I would do in this situation is, okay. like, motherfucker, you've never competed. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're not, no. Yeah, you're but some compete. of the shit's just too dangerous to compete, right? Yeah, yeah. True. Or, like, if I, if, if I was in that submission, I would just slam my way out. I'm like, listen, let me tell you this right now. If you are in that submission and your only option is slamming out, you got tapped with 45 other things. Yeah, right. you're fucked. Definitely. So, well, they don't do pants, but you don't fucking wrestle, so who gives a shit? <laughs> so right. I, I really like catch wrestling, the sport. Um, and the philosophy is different. You know, it's very top-oriented because you can get pinned. So I started making that site. I started doing it for free just to get content out, and I started making that site. That way I can fund me traveling to do seminars and taking time off and and doing stuff like that. So it, a lot of it, it's what I do different than a lot of guys is, and it's funny, most of you guys are in the group uh, or on the page, it's, there's a lot of wrestling, like actual school-style wrestling, and then adaptations to either MMA or to graphic, jiu-jitsu. And nice. Like Brian, one of the guys I train with, like – Two years ago, he couldn't fucking wrestle in my kids' class, and now he teaches wrestling um, some. And his, I do his takedown percentage in competition right now is so much higher than mine. It fucking irritates me. <laughs> so, but uh, like, wrestling's a huge part of it, and you know, the submissions are the submissions are slightly different. Like, and it's not that they're, the submissions are different from jujitsu, just how my coach taught me. Right. And uh, so I started doing that, and I said it's five bucks a month. Like you. Like you can dig to your fucking couch and find five money and change. Oh, yep. definitely, man. So that's the thing. I want it so cheap that there's no. I want there's I want to be no barrier for catch us. Yeah. Because there's not very much of it. Like it's few and far between. And a lot of the guys are just fucking frauds. Like, oh, I took this, I took this, uh, this clinic, and now I'm level one certified. I'm like, you're trash. Yeah. It just doesn't happen overnight like that. No, I've been on. I said I've been on the mat more in my life than I've been off. So. Right. Makes a big difference, but yeah, definitely, it's cool as shit. I said, if you don't like it, cancel shit. You know, yep. five bucks. Yeah. Like I've thought about doing a site like that. I just don't like. I don't know, man. Like right now, I don't want to say I'm busy because I fucking feel like I have more time to do it. Yeah. But right now, man, I got like fucking 400 videos on YouTube. Like, I'm already yeah, so out there. It would be hard yeah. for me to pull them all back, put them on a pay site. And be like, fuck y'all. I don't know if I'd have enough fan base, man. I just hit 15K on YouTube the other day. I think if I keep growing my YouTube, because I I don't know, man. I don't know. 
Like you I could do, you could do one offs easily. Like, hey, ninety nine dollars. Here's access to or ninety seven or forty seven or fucking twenty. Shit, you will never see on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Even if what if what if I started like fucking just live streaming my classes? Or just you could even record it and um, like put on the site, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of my content is classes. Like I used to do just specific content for class, like the site, and I'm gonna fucking film this class. Yeah. Because. And I've got a guy that films for me now. When he's one of my members, or actually one of my coaches now, I hired him. But he, uh, like, because you know, your best stuff isn't the three minutes you're explaining how to go from side control to mount to an arm triangle. Your best stuff is going to be when you're explaining the details of why they fucked up. Yeah. So, like, damn, that sounded great. I wish you recorded that. Damn, yeah. That great. I wish I recorded that. So that's. Where a lot of my good stuff yeah, you know what? I fucking find myself saying that all the time too. Yeah. yeah. So, just like, dude, get a get a fucking overzealous blue belt. So, hey, listen, here's a camera. Don't fuck it up. Between that and a gimbal, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I could do that. Definitely, man. And I mean, you can never have enough content. Yeah. Right? Never. I always put that shit out. Whoever's whoever watched the last one's gonna gonna watch the next one. Exactly. Most times. Yeah. yeah. Well, I get a lot of fucking people. They'll send me a message. They'll be like, hey, man, thanks for all the videos. I'm going to order gear just because I like your videos. Yeah. And that's and that's going to be part. Like, that's going to be that. Because um, you listen to Gary Vee much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, just put, be a good human being. Yep. And people will thank you. Because everybody's, or, or someone's going to be like, man, I can't believe you went and got a pay site. But, bitch, you spend $90 on a fucking rash bar from Hypnotic. Yeah. Fuck True. You. Good point, yeah. man. Really, Good though. Point. That's, like, one of my biggest rants is, like, you have no problem buying the fucking new Rihanna album or fucking Perfume. Yeah. You've got no problem <laughs> buying the fucking new Jordans or whatever the fuck the shoes are going on. Yeah. Right. Hey, yo, let me get 25 bucks for this, for this shirt. Nah, fuck you. Yep. No, fuck you. I, I know. Promo code. Also, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So, Man, it's like, it's, it's like, like something Kent always said is, you know, why, I, I might fuck it up, I might botch this back end, but you, you so always say that you, you make your membership a certain price because there has to be value on something that's invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're paying $30 a month to go to lift weights with the other fucking Roid Rangers down the street. Yeah. That's fine, but you're not going to get the same out of your $100 membership at Zombie Proof. Well, like, here's the thing. Like, I know Lloyd Irving. Everybody hates him now and whatever. He still taught me one of the most valuable things that I've ever heard. He uh, he was talking to everybody, but I felt like he was looking me right in the eyes because I was undercharging. I was charging $79 a month for, like, fucking six classes a week, right? Yeah, And, man, he looked right at me, and he was like would you give away your fucking black belt for a million or your whatever belt for a million dollars? And he said, and if you do, there's a catch. You'd have to give away all of your friendships, all of your relationships, everything, you know, everything you've ever learned because of jujitsu. Would you give it all away for a million dollars? And I honestly, man, like all my friends, everything I know, everyone I hang around with, everything I truly enjoy in life is fucking choking people and being here and, I said, fuck no, I wouldn't. And he looked right at me. He was like, why the fuck are you giving away such like something that you wouldn't give away for a million dollars? Why are you fucking giving that away for free? He was like, you're like a prostitute. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. It was at a seminar that I was at, right? And it fucking, I felt like he was talking directly to me saying it. And ever since, I was like, well, fuck you. I ain't no prostitute. That's right. And then he raped you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck, eh? Shit. That took a turn. Fuck. Got dark here, boys. Real dark. Yeah. Wicked, yeah, man. no, Wicked. that's true. Like, and, and you know, I'm an Alan Belcher's group, uh, Common Business Success. Dude, they legit took me from 30 members to 140 plus. It's amazing. Um, and he's the same way. He, he, like, we joke about it. But yeah, Lloyd took a bunch of shit, but he's a phenomenal fucking business. 100%. He, he understood what it took. And you're right. Like, that's what I tell you all, all the time on that. Uh, one of my next podcasts is like what you know. Everybody's like, you got to write your goals. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then the next thing is, like, what are you willing to sacrifice to get there? Yep. Like, that's yeah, the man. Thing. 
I I actually right. seen seen your video on Facebook today, and I was like, yeah. shit, man, yeah, like never really made it that broad. Like goals are one thing, but your yeah. sacrifices to accomplish accomplish those goals are much more, much more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, useful than what your goals actually are, because you got to sacrifice shit to get to your goals. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's no there's no question about that. Like. Like for every goal you have, write three sacrifices you're gonna have to make. Fuck yeah, I like like that man. Are you gonna sacrifice your relationships? Are you gonna sacrifice fucking time? You gonna sacrifice a shitload of fucking money? You know, it's yeah, all of those perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And that that's where a lot of these like rah 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 goal setting videos and business videos are fucking up. Right. You're gonna be fucking miserable. Like, there isn't going to be fucking days where you hate yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, the last podcast I recorded, that was 1130 at night. I didn't want to fucking record it, but I was 10 days out from the one before. I was supposed to do this every week. And I, I got to figure out how to get this audio off my damn YouTube video. Well, I figured it out <laughs> finally, but I wanted to do it on my phone. But, yeah, it's, dude, it's, it is what it is. So, but, you know, and jiu-jitsu is worse. What are you going to sacrifice for that? Time, money, joints. Yeah. <laughs> Shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, I mean, in some cases, maybe some brain trauma. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. This shit happens, you know. That's, that's already gone. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, brother, on that. Um, for sure. So, listen, John, we usually do an hour, man. We're, we're going to wrap it up. Um, yeah, sure. Just a couple things. Follow Johnny Buck on Instagram, at JohnnyBuck2. Go to his fucking website, www.catchwrestling.ninja. $5 a month, you can't go fucking wrong, people. Johnny, thank you so much for the time, man. Really I love appreciate you, man. it. Really Absolutely. appreciate it. We'll we'll have to do it again soon, brother. Yeah, for sure. All the best, man. Uh, Later. Buy my gear. Oh, was that done? No. Finished it? Is it still going? It's still going. Buy my fucking gear. Buy his gear. Right. Supernatural survival gear. I botched that. Supernatural survival gear. Follow me on Instagram at John McKinnon MMA. Thank you, everyone, as always. Later. <laughs>